okay? You need a minute? Cool. Okay. <clears throat> Listen up, people. I know a thing or two about extinction. And let me tell you, and you'd kind of think this would be obvious, going extinct is a bad thing. And driving yourselves extinct? In 70 million years, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh my god! This is disgusting! It's like Rabbit Jonestown. Ow! Shirotabi, ow! All dead but you, it's a miracle. Hey, maybe we should arm the rabbits with little guns. Sometimes I wish all people could marry the animals. Huh? Forged out of the past and into the present, into the dream of the future. Good morning, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Friday, October 29th, 2021. I'm Lou with the American branch of PNN. What's the show going to be today? Climate Dino. Ospol. Tranny Janny Edition. de Blasio going full Stalin. Fosh ruining 40K. Happening. Election fraud investigated by Wisconsin Sheriff. What the fuck? Principal gets lap dance from boys in stripper wear during homecoming. Lightyear movie. Please someone, send a nuke. Tucker, they got the mick. <laughs> so that's the show today. Gonna be fun, got a lot of good stuff. First, Climate Dino. <laughs> okay, I should have started the show with the Climate Dino. <laughs> so we'll go from the start of the show into Climate Dino. Is this the most cringy video to ever surface on the internet? <laughs> And he has the picture of the dino from that skit I just played. Not even what a dino should look like. This America says, yeah, it's pretty bad. This America says, doesn't post link, sage. Yeah, you don't really need to go to Pole News Central. <laughs> he has it posted. <laughs> Reptile speaks as head of the UN. Oh, to ironing. <laughs> yeah, we'll listen on that, dude. Fucking Antichrist, Raptor, just God. <laughs> Uh, how can we do anything but go up from there? Next, <laughs> Ospol Tranny Janny Edition. Sup, lads? Janny keeps deleting our threads. Seems like ISO, or Dan's departmental workers, have become janitors on our fair site. We will keep posting the fake vax passports, and there's fuck all you can do about it, tranny cunts. Get a real job. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, Ospols are getting deleted now. <laughs> Because they're posting, like, fake vaccination cards or something. <laughs> this thread was pruned. I just thought it was funny. I thought I'd talk about it real quick at the start. Post illegal content, green text. Green text, thread deleted. <laughs> this keeps happening. <laughs> uh, next. De Blasio going full Stalin. OP says Bill de Blasio is living in a cracked out lifelong fever dream being a communist <laughs> autocrat. I always said he would do increasingly deranged shit on his way out. Now he is. What's he gonna do next? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. The OP posts a news article saying de Blasio, days off canceled, longer shifts for New York City sanitation workers to clean up garbage on Staten Island. You're harming your neighbors and you're harming the people of New York City and it's time to stop. <laughs> de Blasio said to the <laughs> New York City disposal workers, wow, dude. Yeah, that's gonna make them work harder, I'm sure. <laughs> Fucking retard. First post says, Fuck this shit thread, slide this. 
<laughs> I, you know, probably. Wall of text. Yeah, dude, I had to blah blah through his wall of text. So I wouldn't, and he's an iPhone poster. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. This America says National Guard could pick up trash, right? Oh, wait, they quit too. Fuck you, Democrats. Fuck this one up big time. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this, this guy says a garbage war is brewing. No shots fired. Just trash bags slewing. <laughs> I hope they show up for work, get paid overtime, and do literally nothing. Or maybe use the paid time to protest. Dude, I feel like that's what people are starting to do. It's like, okay, I don't want to get, I don't want to quit my job. I'm about to get retirement, you know? They, they have to fire me or something. Uh, so I think people are just n not working hard, <laughs> you know? People for, d I think people have figured out that they're picking up the slack for the five other shitty workers and they're just done doing that and they're like, you know what, I'm not picking up that slack anymore. You guys can pick up that slack. That's what they're doing. Dude, I would work at like grocery stores and stuff and I would do like monotonous shitty jobs and I'd be doing them and I'm like, how could how can these normies not do this easy as fuck job? Like, I'm trying to go as slow as I possibly can and I'm going faster than everybody else. It's just so infuriating. Whatever, moving on. Vosh ruining 40k has a picture of the <laughs> uh, Trump, the emperor of mankind. And it says, Vosh explains how conservatives misunderstand Warhammer 40,000. Has over 60,000 views. It's posted October 23rd. Oh my god, he, it's... He's trying so hard to get me to watch a fucking Vosh video. Vosh, you, are you purposefully picking these kinds of subjects, Vosh, so that I'd make a video against you, you piece of shit? <laughs> God, I hate you so much. I'm so... This, this guy says, see for yourself, minute 16. Just listen in for three minutes. Just three minutes. I feel that this is what will happen if you read the wiki to have an opinion about anything. <laughs> Vosh is an ocean of knowledge with one inch of deepness. Basic as fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Should I pop my Vosh cherry f for three minutes of Vosh, guys? Right here. I'm not giving that greasy goblin fucker any clicks, you fucking queer. You won't get my click either. <laughs> fuck you, Argy. This Britbong says that was painful to watch. Oh my god, I so don't. I want to click it just because of how bad it is. <laughs> This guy's like, just listen to him for three minutes. Just three minutes. <laughs> this guy posts the, the guy with the guy when he has the one ring, and he and the guy's like, give me the ring so we can throw it into the fire of Mordor. And he's like, no, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Golem. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I don't think I will listen to him for three minutes. <laughs> In response to the guy saying watch three minutes, this dude says, green text, why is he deified? He failed and everything he builds rots now. Uh, no wonder this commie thinks. Winner equals good, loser equals bad. So he admits, if Hitler had won, he would be the greatest man in history. And can't see that it's a tragic story, and in this context, anti-Trump lefties are the bad guys who try to subvert and rot everything. What a fucking retard. Every time. Yeah, dude, they just... <laughs> That's the thing, they're like headline readers. They don't go into the substance of anything. Only when it, like, semi-fits what they want. <laughs> like, if it semi-fits the narrative they want to <laughs> do, then they'll say it. I do a really good... If you look at my Vosh Not Included episode, I do such a good breakdown of how leftists debate. I really love that episode. If you want to hear me break down how leftists fucking suck at debating, go watch that episode. Vosh not included. On that note, we'll move on. Um, happening election fraud investigated by Wisconsin Sheriff. OP says evidence about to be presented. 
and he links to a YouTube video that has now been since deleted. <laughs> it's been removed by the uploader. Can't put anything spicy on YouTube. You'll get a you'll get a <laughs> strike. So I did. Uh, right Side Broadcasting Network did air it though, and I got the video from their Rumble. Thank goodness for those guys. You want to go support a network? That's a good network, man. They always are doing. Like if they hadn't broadcast it, where would I have gotten it from? So you know, I probably would have found it still, but yeah. Would have been way harder. I'll cut the video together here. It's actually pre it's pretty good, so here you go. Enjoy. I asked Sergeant Welk to conduct a thorough investigation and to follow that investigation to its logical conclusion. We remain objective. We collect facts. We compile reports. We issue those reports and ultimately forward those to our district attorney for her review for possible charges. That is the case with all criminal investigations, regardless of the topic. And that is certainly the case in this investigation. Sergeant Llewell and I prepared a very comprehensive PowerPoint presentation and a timeline so that our citizens can better understand how the election law was broken. Sergeant Llewell and I are here today to talk about the complaint we received from a citizen in our county. In fact, some of these citizens, as I mentioned, are already here today. You will see firsthand that the election statute was in fact not just broken, but shattered by members of the WEC, that is the Wisconsin Elections Commission. You will learn the Wisconsin Election Commission is made up of six commissioners who serve staggered five-year terms. The commissioners are appointed by the legislative leaders or the governor. They serve on a part-time basis, and they are, in fact, an agency under the governor of the state of Wisconsin. You should know the WEC holds routine meetings that are recorded and available for public view and review on their website. With that said, you will see during our presentation today directly from some of the commission members from the WDC talk openly about how they are going to violate the state's election statute. You will hear information about SVDs, those are special voting deputies, and they were not sent into facilities like Richwood nursing homes throughout the state of Wisconsin. You will learn this complaint stems from Richwood uh, Care Center, which is a, uh, a a senior living uh, senior home located in the village of Mount Pleasant, right here in, in Racine County. You'll learn, like most investigations, when we start peeling back the onion, we have one complaint and seven additional complaints from that same facility came about. Some of them uh, uh, individuals are here today, some of them could not make it due to scheduling conflicts. You will also learn that the staff at Ridgewood and all senior care facilities throughout the state of Wisconsin receive, this, receive the same instructions by the WEC not to follow the election statute. It is my belief that a government that creates laws should be a government that enforces the law. This case starts with a very brave woman named Judy. She had a mother who was a resident at the Ridgewood Care Facility and unfortunately her mother passed October 9th 2020, before the November 3rd presidential and there was other races going on that day uh, election. Judy was curious, after her mother passed, after the election, she checked on myvotewisconsin.com, which anyone can do, and she was able to learn that her mother's vote actually counted in that election after her mother had passed on. It's interesting to note that Shirley's, I'm strike that Judy's mother, whose name is Shirley, uh, was experiencing severe cognitive decline. Physically, she was in decline. 
And to some degree, she was giving up uh, on life, unfortunately, in her, in her last days. She didn't want to keep up on current events, didn't watch TV, didn't read, uh, and it was just at a, at a low point before she passed. So Judy was concerned, and Judy reached out to the Ridgewood Care Facility, said, how could my mother possibly have voted? And she was informed by the executive director that the Wisconsin Election Commission authorized the employees of these facilities to execute the vote, which, by the way, is a direct violation of law, which we will learn soon. Julie, uh, Judy was obviously concerned and asked, you know, how could you actually do this? And she was informed that the employees would inquire as to how the uh, resident had voted in the past, and they would basically follow those guidelines and vote accordingly. Judy quite astutely asked, are, are you telling me that if my mother could only recall JFK, that the staff would have voted Democrat for her? And uh, the answer was yes, in the affirmative, that's what they said. Judy inquired about her mother's severe uh, problems seeing, she had vision problems. She had broken glasses for months that she didn't even care about fixing because she, she, she had given up to some degree. And Judy asked, how could my mother know that her vote was recorded accurately? She couldn't see. And she was informed, Judy was informed by the staff, that the staff hoped that the other employees would be honest. Hoped. So Judy followed the appropriate channels. She researched the Wisconsin Elections Commission, which is supposed to ensure free and fair elections, and she filed a sworn affidavit with the Wisconsin Elections Commission. By the way, the penalty for falsely swearing in an affidavit it, are, are criminal penalties, a fine, jail time, etc. But she felt strongly enough about this that she filed that sworn affidavit with the Wisconsin Elections Commission, voicing her concern that the facility took advantage of her mother due to her mother's diminished mental capacity and filled out ballots in her name. Judy documented her mother's um, broken glasses and poor vision. She documented that her own mother couldn't recognize her own daughter. She documented that her mother couldn't remember what she had eaten that day or even what day it was at all. And unfortunately, Judy's mother was experiencing hallucinations. She was seeing flying objects outside of the window, up where the, where the wall meets the ceiling, that, that weren't there. She was in severe cognitive decline. So after filing this sworn affidavit, a complaint, a complaint of voter integrity issues, the Wisconsin Elections Commission said, nah, this isn't really what we investigate. This isn't what we do. And they forwarded it to the Racine County District Attorney's Office. The Racine County District Attorney's Office forwarded it to the Sheriff's Office. I was an investigator at the time, and I was assigned to look into this complaint by this citizen, which is what I did. At the beginning of my investigation, I formulated a, a team of investigators, and eventually we went out to Mount Pleasant Village Hall. The, the voting occurred in Mount Pleasant. They have a voting clerk. I'm just starting to scratch the surface, so we go talk to the voting clerk. I, I had no idea what the law was at this point in time. I'm just scratching the surface. The voting clerks provide me with letters they received from the Wisconsin Elections Commissions, which ordered them 
not to spend, send special voting deputies into retirement facilities. At the time, I didn't even know what a special voting deputy was and why that is so important. But a special voting deputy is appointed, there's two of them, one from each of the major parties, one Democratic, one Republican. They are trained, they take a sworn oath, they then accept the ballots, they go to residential care facilities, and they execute the vote. And they do so under Wisconsin State Statute 6.875, which we're going to get into in just a moment. What also was interesting that I discovered is the voting clerks told me that there was an unusual surge of voting activity at the Ridgewood Care Facility. They informed me, and they, they gave me documentation, I formulated a spreadsheet, that 42 people voted in the presidential election when normally only approximately 10 people vote in an election, be it a presidential election or an off-year type election. They informed me that 38 people requested applications for absentee ballots when normally, for any other election, it's about zero to three. Now, I think we're all of the belief and we can embrace the idea that voting is good and there's nothing wrong with more voting. But manipulating people, taking advantage of people, uh, preying on people who are in cognitive decline, I, I think that's some of the concerns that the families have, uh, that's some of the concerns that I have, and frankly, I think it's some of the concerns that the public will have. At the end of uh, our interviews at Mount Pleasant, they provided me with copies of the application for absentee ballots, and they provided me with the ballot envelopes. What's very important is we will never see the ballots. We never know how the ballots voted. We don't care. We have the ballot envelope which documents the process. Once again, we're not trying to change one vote. We're not trying to change one election. We are trying to hold our government accountable and force them to follow the laws that they pass. So this is the letter uh, that came out March 12th. The timeline is important. We'll get to the timeline in a minute, and you're gonna get all this documentation, so don't worry about it. But the Wisconsin Elections Commissions on March 12th sent out a letter, and they state, municipalities shall not use the special voting deputy process. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a process. It's a law, 6.875. What they're saying here is they're telling municipalities to not follow the law. Coincidentally, they say it's because special voting deputies are considered non-essential. And I, I did an open records request and said, how did you come to the determination that special voting deputies are non-essential? And they basically just referenced me back to this letter and by implication stated, well, we just decided. So that, that's the best I can understand. And they made this decision on March 12th because they believed that it was not feasible to implement any type of screening process prior to the spring, spring, spring election. We're talking spring. This goes on and on and on. While I'm there, I received these, these documents. I took them back to our office and I examined them. And what was concerning about the application for absentee ballots is that there's a certification in there. There's a certification people have to make whether they're in, in indefinitely confined. That certification, if made falsely, has penalties of their criminal, possible fine, jail, or both. 
What I saw and was able to document is these applications were pre-filled out for the residents and the certification was either checked before and sometimes after the resident put their signature on this document. And some of these family members are here today to tell you they do not believe their loved ones had the cognitive ability to understand that document. Furthermore, there's voter envelopes that contain the ballot. Can't stress it enough. We don't know how the ballots were executed, who they voted for. We don't care. We do care that the process, which is called the law, was not followed. And these voting envelopes were executed by the staff of the facilities, which is explicitly prohibited by the statute. Furthermore, I learned that there are multiple letters from the WEC which correspond to open records meetings that they had. So later in my investigation, I went and I watched those open meetings and uh, found some very um, relevant material. This is an example of an application for absentee ballot. It's all pre-filled out. Uh, the signature was there. Here's the certification for being indefinitely confined, which states if you do this uh, and it's not true, you face a $1,000 fine, six months in jail, or both. There were times it was pre-filled out. There were times that the voting clerks at the village hall checked this box, which if you do inappropriately, you can be put in jail. So now I had to dive into the law. As a criminal prosecutor, as a criminal investigator, we normally deal with Chapter 940, Crimes Against Persons, Chapter 943, Crimes Against Property, 961 is drugs. We don't deal with chapter six. All right, this is, I'm in, I'm in new water here. But I do my research and I, I find 6.84. And it's the legislative policy of voting in person versus absentee voting. And the legislature, the legislature passed this. So that means Democrats and Republicans came together. And presumably it was approved by a governor. And they stated they were concerned about fraud or abuse, overzealous solicitation of absentee voting, and or undue influence. And that's what these family members are here today because they have concern that that happened to their loved ones. This is really the meat and potatoes. 6.875 and later we're gonna see 12.13. Okay, these two statutes um, work hand in hand. I know we're getting a little uh, deep here with the law, but this is so very important. Realize the words shall, when you read a statute, isn't maybe, isn't if you feel like it, isn't it uh, if you have time, the word shall is you must. Realize no or shall not means just that. It is a definitive statement. Chapter 6.875, can be a little complicated. There's there's different parts to it, but I, I just brought some of the main parts, uh, the tip of the iceberg here, out on this slide. This statute is the exclusive means of absentee ballot uh, voting. Very important. A couple down there. No employee past uh, two years may be an SVD. No employee may do this. The SVDs shall witness the voting. And the SPDs may assist no individual other than an SPD or a relative 
may assist the voter. That means the staff at the facility absolutely positively cannot, by this law, assist in the execution of the vote. Now, I, I have to give the Wisconsin Elections Commission, this is kind of their theory. This is the pony that they're running. I will let you know that the governor's office told them at the beginning of this process they can't do this. I will tell you that the Legislative Council at the end of this process, which is highlighted in the timeline, told them what you're doing is not legal, not appropriate, you can't do it. But it was the theory of the WEC to use the back end of this statute kind of as like a loophole. And they theorized that 6.875 sub 6 sub E gave them a little leeway. And that statute holds that if the special voting deputies make two attempts to get the elector to vote and they're unsuccessful, the ballot shall then be mailed to the voter. But the problem that the Wisconsin Election Commission has is they decided to never even bother to try to send the special voting deputies. They had inconsistent positions where at times they said, ah, the SVDs are never going to be let in. At times they said the special voting deputies will only be let in occasionally. At times they said there will be no uniformity about how many special voting deputies are let in, how many are not let in, so we should just do it this way and just mail it. Forget the statute, forget all the shalls, forget the shall nots, just mail it and tell the employees at the facility, yeah, you, you can help them, you can help them, and, and these people vote. That, that's what the WEC decided in contrast to the law, in contrast to the advice of the governor's office, in contrast to the Legislative con uh, Council, and in contrast to the United States Constitution. The United States Constitution clearly states that the only body that can create or change elections laws is the legislature of the state. We have three branches of government. The governor is in the executive branch. He is not in the legislature. The governor said, I can't change this law. His office did at least, his chief legal counsel. Yet an agency of the executive branch, an agency of the governor said, nah, we'll do it. We'll do it on our own against the law. So during the course of our investigation, myself and my colleagues went to Ridgewood and we talked to the people who were employed there. I had the executive director tell me exactly what he told Judy, that he hoped his staff would be honest. The recreational therapy director actually told me if a resident could only point at the ballot, could only point at the ballot, that's what the employee of the facility would mark. If all they could do is point, the, the employee would mark wherever I guess they, they pointed. The activities aide, she was, she was a young lady, 18 years of age at the time, certainly not uh, considered subject matter experts like the WEC is supposed to be. She was informed if, if these residents didn't want to vote right then and there, if they didn't have mental clarity, she was instructed, ah, point them at the TV, turn on the news, and come back in a day or two and see if they were lucid enough to vote. That is literally the advice that she got. Taking advantage of the loved ones of these people that we have sitting here, and others, and others. Furthermore, these ballots, when they weren't executed, were floating around the facility, unsealed, in the in the in the in the ballot envelope just floating around the facility 
And remember, the law states only SPDs are to receive the ballot and they are to maintain the possession of the ballot. I further interviewed uh, the individuals about the procedure that they use to have people vote. The ballot envelope has a five-step process. Step number one is very, very simple. Have the person vote, put the ballot in the envelope, seal the envelope. I was informed by the employees that either A, the, uh, the resident would vote, they drop the ballot in the envelope, they wouldn't seal it. Or the resident would not vote. And they would take that unmarked ballot, it would float around the facility for a couple days, and then they would try to get that resident to vote again. Either way, the ballot envelope would remain unsealed until they eventually uh, delivered it to a higher level employee who then sealed them all up uh, and then mailed them back to Mount Pleasant. Meaning that there was no, what we would call in law enforcement, satisfactory chain of custody, and these ballots are just floating about. This is an example of a, of a uh, ballot envelope. Here's the five-step process, not very difficult to figure out. Step one, place your voted ballot inside the envelope and seal it. Do not use tape or glue. I don't necessarily blame uh, these employees. Uh, they weren't trained and they were asked to do tasks that they shouldn't have to do. There's 48 uh, residents who voted and I, I knew from Judy that she believed her mother did not have the mental capacity because of her cognitive issues to request the ballot and to exercise her right to vote. And people have a right to vote. We don't want to stifle any voting. People have a right to vote. But we were concerned that people were being taken advantage of. So I contacted those 48 families, I contacted their contact person, and I told them, I, I hope and pray that your loved one is of sound mind, uh, of, of sound body, but if they do have cognitive difficulties, uh, tell me please if you want to share that. And I had seven families who informed me that their loved one, in their opinion, didn't have the cognitive ability to request a ballot or to exercise their right to vote. What else is also interesting is that I went to My Vote Wisconsin and I checked out these individuals' voting history. And almost all of them hadn't voted since 2012 or voted maybe just once. If you look at the first one, OF, there's no record of OF voting in any other election. You look at the next to the right there, uh, the daughter of that individual said her dad was only interested in Doritos and Snickers and he had not voted in any other election since 2012. Going to the next three, once again, no real history of voting, and you can review this later. Going to the next two, no real issue of voting. Um, if you look at the very last one, BH would ask her own son, who are you? She couldn't even recognize her own son, and she, she happened to vote in two elections in 2020, but no other elections. So once again, I'm kind of learning this throughout my investigation. So I had asked myself, who, what is the Wisconsin Election Commission? This is them. As the sheriff mentioned, there's six members. Three are appointed by Democrats. Three are appointed by Republicans. Uh, coincidentally, two of them are our attorneys also. Um, and they had very strange and suspect legal opinions in this matter. Now the timeline. The timeline of this whole situation is, is very interesting. But March 10, 2020, 
COVID is a grave concern, and the Wisconsin Election Commission uh, writes a letter that's signed by a variety of the commissioners. They write a letter stating we need to suspend the special voting deputy law. They might even call it a, they call it a program at some times. I, I don't really understand it as a law. There's also something with polling places. I'm not going to get into the weeds of that. But what's interesting is the governor's office tells the Wisconsin Elections Commission, which is an agency under the governor, the governor does not have the power to suspend parts of Wisconsin's voting law even during an emergency. The governor can't do it. So on March 12, 2020, the governor enacts uh, executive order number 72, which is basically when he shut down the state for COVID. That same day, just hours after that order comes down, the Wisconsin Elections Commission figures out how to use technology to have a virtual meeting where they all meet from different parts of the state. It's a Zoom call, and they decide they are going to issue that directive, that letter I showed you before, which tells each municipality throughout every county in the state of Wisconsin not to follow the special voting deputy law, which is Wisconsin State Statute 6.875. They direct that the special voting deputies shall not be sent to facilities. Commissioner Knudsen even states, and I'll, I'll, I will preface this, he was talking about the polling places, but he even states that we need the flexibility to not follow the law. They flat out say it in their meeting, they need the flexibility to not follow the law. You know, the sheriff and I talked about this a little bit. COVID is serious, it's scary, we get it. Right at the beginning when the state shut down, we kind of call it our hair on fire moment. Everybody was freaking out, they're scared, they have grave concerns. We understand um, some drastic decisions were made. Well, you know what? Time marches on. And it marches on to May 26th, 2020, when the Safe Red Home Order expires. Not only does the WEC not have the authority to do what they did in an emergency, they certainly do not have the power to do what they did when the emergency order has completely expired. There's nothing out there anymore whatsoever. They convene a meeting, that being the Wisconsin Elections Commission, on June 24, 2020, citing no legal authority, they, ex they decide to extend the suspension of the special voting deputy program, which is a law. Commissioner Knudsen literally states, we need to go back to following the law, but not for SVDs. Commissioner Spindel states he's concerned with fraud in nursing homes and suggests, why don't we send the SVDs in? We can use PPEs, we can take appropriate precautions. And at one point, Commissioner Spindel, because he's from Milwaukee, states that he literally has hundreds of ballots floating around residential care facilities. Hundreds of ballots unsecure, just in his area, and there's 72 counties in the state of Wisconsin. Nonetheless, at this meeting, the WEC votes 5 to 1, Spindel votes against it, 5 to 1 to suspend the special voting deputy law. Moving forward, they have a meeting set for September 16th. It's my understanding that they actually hold the meeting on September 25th. Nonetheless, one thing on their agenda is to discuss what are we doing with these special voting deputies and basically should we be doing it. Spindel, once again, comes forward and asks, the law states we're supposed to do something, 
we're not doing it, where does that power come from? And nobody really answers that question because it can't be answered. He further suggests using technology to facilitate the vote. Remember, every meeting the Wisconsin Elections Commission had, starting from March 12th on, was done via Zoom. Every meeting, within hours, they could figure out how to meet using technology, but the thought of using it to actually make the law work with special voting deputies eluded them. Commissioner Knudsen states, um, you know, we should be doing this, we should be doing that, but we should not follow this law during this pandemic. Chair Jacobson at the bottom there, she states that she's trying to interpret the state law, special voting deputies 6.875 with other laws or rulings of the health department. Well, there is no other law. There's 6.875 and nothing else. There's no, at one point she says she's trying to interpret these two laws so they can exist in harmony. There are no two laws. There's one law, the special voting deputy law. And it says special voting deputies are to be utilized and staff shall not be utilized. It is clear. This is actually the letter that is sent after that September meeting. And it states, this is sent to all care facilities and it's blown up right here. It says how to assist the voter in filling out their absentee ballots. This is sent to residential care facilities, basically nursing homes. And they're instructing the employees of the nursing homes who explicitly cannot assist in the vote. They say, if a voter requests assistance, you may read the ballot, including candidates' names, party affiliations, and ballot instructions to the voter, or mark the ballot as directed by the voter. Believe it or not, that is the completion of the crime right there. Crimes throughout the state, all 72 counties, every nursing home, resident care facility right there, that according to 12.13, which we're going to get into, that is a violation of state law. Continuing with our timeline, we're actually into 2021. The presidential election has come and gone. We don't care how people vote. We do care that the laws of the state of Wisconsin were not followed by the government of the state of Wisconsin. But we're all the way into January of 2021 with no legal ability, citing no law, the Wisconsin Elections Commission on a 5-1 vote again votes to suspend following this law. And Commissioner Knudsen, it's kind of interesting here, and I call it the evolution of their thought process. At first, everyone's on board. Yeah, I don't follow the law, it's a program. Okay. Now it appears that he's starting to figure it out to some degree, and, I, and I'm being respectful because I'm just reading his quotes, but he, he literally states, we're telling the clerks to break the law. He goes on to state that we're the ones directing them to break the law. He suggests, he's on, the, on board with Commissioner Spindel now, maybe we should use technology so all of the policies as required by law are being followed. He further states, so this is kind of my position, the SPD law is a law. Prohibitions on visitors and nursing homes was a guidance, a directive. There is no other law. This here is the bookend. There's two bookends. This timeline starts with the governor's office saying to the Wisconsin Elections Commission, you can't do this. We don't have the power to suspend the law even during an emergency. 
They do it for whatever it is, 10 months. They do it through multiple elections. Uh, every time they advise municipalities uh, falsely, we're going to find out that's a violation of law. But finally, the Legislative Council comes forward. And there's also a committee for the review of administrative rules. And it is stated that state law does not empower the WEC to waive the special voting deputies, nor does this law contain an exemption for a pandemic. It's not necessarily Sergeant Llewell saying they're breaking the law. It's not necessarily the sheriff's office saying they're breaking the law. It is the governor's office saying they can't do this. It's the legislative council saying they can't do this. And it's the joint committee for the review of administrative rules that is telling the Wisconsin Elections Commission they are giving illegal advice. On March 2nd, 2021, the Wisconsin Elections Commission has another meeting that you can view, all these meetings you can view online, and they basically acknowledge that we're not going to be able to go through this process to formally issue an emergency rule, and they decide we're going to cease issuing this directive. They attempt to allege that uh, they did nothing wrong, and uh, I guess that's where um, we don't really agree. I told you 6.875, now we're going to hit 12.13. It just so happened this statute is called election fraud. And there's a variety of different ways to violate this statute, but the first one, in my opinion, fits. In the course of a person's official duties or on account of the person's official position, intentionally violate or intentionally cause any other person to violate any provisions of chapters 5 through 12 for which there's no penalty listed. And it just so happens that the penalty for violating this statute is a class I felony. It's a felony. I don't make the rules. This is what the legislature has decided. The three violations beneath are misdemeanors. Realize this. These laws aren't broken let me say it a different way. The government doesn't have to prove that their loved ones were taken advantage of. That's not the law that we're uh, alleging was violated. It is violated when the proper procedures are not followed. And that is clearly what has happened here. I'm not going to go through all of these clips, but I actually took time to uh, include some of the statements that blew my mind, where they basically just admitted to breaking the law. I have had discomfort, and I expressed it publicly the day that I, I had first suggested this, that we will be essentially telling the clerks to break the law. You know, earlier it was said that we were trying to reconcile two conflicting laws. I, I haven't really looked at that. The SVB law is a law. So where do we go from here? There are literally hundreds and hundreds of these facilities throughout the entire state of Wisconsin. We would be foolish, we would be foolish to think for a moment that this, this uh, integrity issue, this violation of the statute occurred uh, to just a small group of people at one care facility in one county in the entire state. I would submit to you that this, is, uh, this needs the Attorney General's attention. I would submit to you the Attorney General should launch uh, an immediate investigation into the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Uh, and, and the harm that they have done to, to all of these uh, uh, individuals uh, and restore some level of integrity and trust back into our election system. Okay, there you go. I mean, just more more pressure, more pressure, which is a good thing. You know, momentum's stacking up.
It'll all come together. Moving on. What the fuck? Question mark. Leaf post a picture. Hazard High School in Hazard, Kentucky held an event where male students, minors, dressed in lingerie and gave lap dances to the staff. During the lap dances, female students, who were also minors, dressed in Hooters uniforms, delivered drinks to the staff. To end the, um, festivities, students were bent over a table and then spanked by the staff. It might be a good time to take back the education of our children. <laughs> and he posts the picture of it. Hmm. Wow. First posted American saying, I don't recognize this country anymore. Yeah, what the fuck, man? This is just, <laughs> this is weird, man. How could, how did this happen? How did this happen? How did this happen? What the fuck, man? So weird, so weird. Whatever, I'm, I'm moving on. This is just, this is so weird. <laughs> this is just so weird. This guy says, well, America's officially Saddam and Gomorrah. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll sit on that. <laughs> Oof. <sighs> Lightyear movie. New Disney Pixar movie called Lightyear, coming out in 2022. In the trailer, every character is either woman, minority, or both, other than Buzz Lightyear himself. Seems they couldn't even get Tim Allen to voice Buzz again, since Tim Allen pissed off Hollywood with this sitcom and got Chris Evans to voice him. Pretty much all pause Jew shit. Eh, okay, let's see how far I can get through this trailer. It's only a minute. Let's watch. Go, Fido. Go. Guide. Go, Fido. Cabin pressurization is underway. As we prepare for ignition. Flight recorders are on. T minus five, four, three, two, one, zero. Man, I was like, man, I really liked it. And then the very end scene happened and I was like, <laughs> I liked everything up until that very end scene. I liked it a lot. I liked the music. I liked the feeling. I didn't really notice. The, I mean, everyone was black, whatever, you know, but uh, I don't know. It wasn't that. I liked it kind of whatever. Moving on. Well, actually, let's just read some of the thread, I guess. <laughs> because this Chris Evans green text. Is he the only white male actor left for these roles? <laughs> this guy says you still have Chris Pat, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> uh, this guy says to Tenigfinity and beyond Benog. To Nigfinity and Benog. <laughs> That's funny. We was astronauts and she. Nigger alarm, nigger alarm. <laughs> this pirate says 
Who gives a shit? It's a Pixar movie. Why get emotionally invested in racial demographics of a make-believe film for kids? <laughs> this American says, film for kids, green text. That's exactly why you should care. Kids are influenced by what they see, even if in fantasy. Dude, that is incredible. Dude, the millennial generation, dude, was brought up on propaganda. <laughs> I know, I was there. Luckily, I grew up on anime. <laughs> This guy says, never forget what they took from you, and it's, it's Buzz Lightyear's Fem Girl, and she, it's her feet. Ah, <laughs> oh, feet fags. I'm glad I stayed in this thread. <laughs> Whatever, moving on now. Please, someone send a nuke. This is kind of the big story of the day. This is what everyone's talking about. This is, uh, Mr. Obvious did a video about this, <laughs> so. Wall Street Journal posts, the U.S. is in talks to offer immigrant families separated at the border in 2018 450 thousand dollars a person in compensation people familiar with the matter say op says someone please send a nuke please this american says please say psych dude no it is real dude it is real this american says four hundred fifty thousand dollars a person please tell me this is bullshit dude dude remember that six trillion dollar bill they did back and they gave us all a thousand dollars okay do you know how much they could have given each person if all of that bill's money went to people. They could have given each person over $50,000. Every single person. If you got a $1,000 check, you could have got $50,000. Like if they would have just, instead of, <laughs> instead of all that bloat in that bill, okay? Instead of giving all that money to Israel and the weapon programs and big pharma and shit, if they had just given all that money to Americans, each American would have gotten, if you got a check in the mail, that $1,000 check, you would have instead gotten $50,000, okay? Every single person in America should be angry that they literally bent you over and fucked you up the ass, okay? <laughs> should be very mad. This guy says, is $450,000 a lot of money in America? This guy says, a half a million dollars? Yes. <laughs> This guy says, if the government gave me $450,000, I would quit my job. <laughs> it's a shit ton of money in the U.S. Oh my god, $450,000 to each illegal alien. Fuck you to the Americans. Biden's vaccine mandate put you... Oh my god. I just This is unbelievable, <laughs> guys. Uh, this American says, thanks for more of your tax dollars, Whitey. What a pathetic race whites turned into. Yeah, dude. This American says... $450,000 a person. So a family of three Mexicans is now millionaires for breaking the law? Neat. <laughs> Dude, it's like now a net negative to be an American. <laughs> you know, like you're starting from behind <laughs> being in America. <laughs> Just because this American says they're doing it to demoralize real Americans. I hope they all swing. <laughs> this American says Mexicans getting reparations. Niggers getting the shaft. It's about to get spicy up in the old U.S. <laughs> Yeah, do you imagine if they give all these spicks a half a million apiece and niggers get nothing? <laughs> Dude, there'll be riots in the streets again. <laughs> what the fuck? Moving on to Tucker. U.S. must pay 450,000 reparations. Dude, I guess Tucker talked about this shit. So let's watch Tuck. It's a bewildering experience working in cable news right now. Fun, but pretty unbelievable. Just about every morning as we're putting this show together, some story from the Biden White House crosses our screens and we think to ourselves, come on. There is absolutely no way that can be real. Please, it's just too crazy. And of course, pretty much every morning, what we had assumed was a joke turns out to be entirely real. It's actually happening. The Biden administration really is that crazy. 
They really are firing thousands of nurses in the middle of a pandemic, firing thousands of cops in the middle of a crime wave. No, they're not kidding even in the slightest when they tell you that's a genuine female four-star admiral standing right there. Joe Biden isn't giggling. He tells you Rachel Levine's promotion is a victory for women everywhere, and he means it when he says it. He means all of these things, even the ones he doesn't understand, which is most. As the guy who runs the Babylon Bee told us recently, it is getting tough to run a parody site in this country. No matter how creative your jokes may be, it is almost impossible to be more ludicrous than reality already is. And yet, even by those impossibly high standards, we can confidently announce tonight that we have just read the single most deranged news story ever printed in this country. So no matter what happens going forward, and God knows what that'll be, this story will live forever as the high watermark of political lunacy. Mark your calendars. It's October 28th, 2021. This is the day that things couldn't possibly get nuttier. And here it is. According to a piece in this afternoon's Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration has decided to pay reparations to illegal aliens. In other words, foreigners who came here without invitation, who came in willful violation of legal statutes passed by our Congress per our Constitution, those people are about to get a groveling apology and huge amounts of cash. Why? Because our government dared to enforce its own laws, which now apparently is immoral. So the Biden White House is going to pay criminals for committing crimes. It's almost impossible to believe that's real, but it is real. According to the journal, the administration plans to, quote, offer immigrant families that were separated during the Trump administration around $450,000 a person in compensation. The U.S. Departments of Justice, Homeland Security, and Health and Human Services are considering payments that could amount to close to $1 million per family. A million dollars per family for illegal aliens at exactly the moment that American families are becoming noticeably poorer by the day. You won't be surprised to learn, according to the paper, that nearly a thousand reparations claims have already been filed. Why not? The total payout from all this? More than a billion dollars. So how much is that exactly? Well, let's see. If you're an American citizen who is killed in a war defending your country, our government promises to send your family $100,000. That is less than a quarter of what Joe Biden intends to give illegal aliens for the inconvenience of being deported. They're once again getting $450,000 a piece from your tax receipts. That's more than some of the 9-11 victims got. It's more than any ordinary American ever gets for anything from the US government. Most people in this country just give. Foreigners with no respect for our laws or systems, meanwhile, are hitting the jackpot. So take three steps back. You've got to wonder how long this sort of thing can continue. How long before the people who make this country run, who by the way are not the same people who run this country, those are two very different groups, but before the people who make this country run decide they have had enough and they're not going to take it anymore. Why pay your taxes at this point? Seriously, it's too insulting. It's too destructive. It is evil. Now who knows how long it's going to take to get there, but at this rate, it's coming quick. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't do a save a size Tucker hits it the fucking nail on the head, man. I don't care if Tuck's a fucking Project Mockingbird CIA agent, man. Just he's fucking speaking truth, man. This is unbelievable. This is just. I. I can't believe this is real. I can't believe this is fucking real, guys. How is this real? I'm just. My mind is just. I'm broken a little bit by this news. I'm gonna move on. I'm broken. Uh, they got the mick. <laughs> this is another thing Mr. Obvious talked about. Andrew Cuomo expected to be arrested next week and charged with the alleged groping of a former aide. Do you remember people were talking about this dude being running for president? Remember, like, this, everyone was all so happy about this dude. <laughs> dude, he was literally killing old people. Dude, the fucking, <laughs> the goddamn media train around Andrew Cuomo. Dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, the first post is an American saying it's okay that he killed a few thousand seniors? Question mark Exactly, dude. What what clown world are we living in? Where are we? What is going the fuck on? <laughs> this American says Andrew Cuomo groped my balls at a rodeo once. He denied it, but we could both smell bullshit. <laughs> this American says. Sexual harassment thing is a distraction. Notice how it popped up immediately when he was getting fried for killing the elderly and covering it up. Then all the MSN focused on sexual harassment, some of which didn't even sound like sexual harassment, to bury the story. And it worked. Nothing will happen and he will get away with everything. That sounds accurate. Yes. Yes. He, ki he killed... Guys, okay, imagine you're sitting there and you're like, mm, how do I get rid of all the elderly voters in my district that vote Republican? How do I get rid of them? Oh, I can just give them all COVID. <laughs> Not only that, dude, these people took their parents out of those places before they did it. They sent the order. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Crazy, man. <laughs> this this Kekistani flag poses picture Trump. I love the vaccines. <laughs> Trump loves vaccines. How does that make the left feel? <laughs> uh, some guy posts this giant monsters eating a bunch of things. I don't know, weird. <laughs> Shinchu. <laughs> He's a Daigo. <laughs> I hate Cuomo, but I hate feminists more. Fuck that shit. I'd rather see him free in this case. That shit trickles down to the little man? <laughs> what? Dude, block that fucker up. He kills so many old people. This guy says he'll just get 30 days of house arrest. This guy says, you sure it was a girl? Cuomo's a crossdresser. Dude, he's probably bi. He probably does all sorts of degenerate shit. Who even knows? Fucking Jew. He's a Jew, right? No, he's a Italian. Dude, he's, there's probably Jewish genes in there somewhere. <laughs> Those fuckers. Whatever. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for watching. I'll end the show with a... I'll cut together. Joe Biden did some speech on the economy or some stupid shit. <laughs> I'll cut it together. I'll make it like four minutes long or something. Uh, it's so... It's so god-awful. <laughs> he's just a joke. What a joke. What a fucking joke. Love you all. Thanks for watching. Bye. Today, uh, I think we have an historic, I know we have a historic economic framework to win the economic competition of, for the 21st century against China and every other major country in the world. It's fiscally responsible. It's fully paid for. <laughs> 17 Nobel Prize winners in economics have said it will lower the inflationary pressures on the economy. Including Krugman, the one who thought a Great Depression would start if uh, Trump was elected and thought that right now we'd be booming. And over the next 10 years, it will not add to the deficit at all. It will re actually reduce the deficit, according to the economy. Wrong. No one got everything they wanted, including me. And that's what I ran on. I know it's hard. Any single element of this framework 
would fundamentally viewed, be, viewed, be, viewed, be, viewed, be, viewed, be viewed as a fundamental change in America. They're truly consequential. Let me lay out a few points. First, and I know I apologize for saying this again, we face, we face an inflection point as a nation. We build a highway to the sky. But somewhere along the way, we stopped investing in ourselves, investing in our people. We can't be competitive in the 21st century global economy if we continue to slide. We need to build America from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down. Millions of you are in the so-called sandwich generation who feel financially squeezed by raising a child and caring for an aging parent. Kaya just showed up on the day of our mother's funeral. Our dead mother? You feel bad now? But it's hard. You're just looking for an answer. So here's what we're going to do. And we're standing still. We're going to make sure nearly all families earning less than $300,000 a year will pay no more than 7% of their income for childcare. This is a fundamental game changer for families. I lost my wife and daughter in an accident. My two boys. Refundable. And Medicare will now cover the cost of hearing aids and hearing checkups. The climate crisis will truly transform this nation. When you buy an electric vehicle, you can go all the way across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively speaking. It's not gas. You plug it in. 500,000 of them. These stations along the way. The bipartisan infrastructure bill is also the most significant investment since we built the interstate highway system and won the space race decades ago. Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? We're going to put hardworking Americans on the job to bring our infrastructure up to speed. Good union jobs and prevailing wages. Jobs you can raise the family. My dad would say you have a little breathing room. It's that simple. That's why I wrote these bills in the first place and took them to the people. I campaigned on them. And the American people spoke. This agenda, the agenda that's in these bills, is what 81 million Americans voted for. More people voted than any time in American history. That's what they voted for. Lies. Oh, lies! Given half a chance, the American people have never, ever, ever, ever let the country down. So let's get this done. God bless you all, and may God protect your troops, and I'll see you in Italy and in Scotland. Thank you. Thank you.